0: All right, we um, we made the newspaper this past week. Now, it's not, you know, it's not the New York Times. It's the independent town pages for Farmington and Rosemount. But still, that's not, you know, that's not nothing. So there's, <laughs> there and they actually posted it on Facebook a couple weeks ago. But it's an article about us uh, buying the exchange bank building, which is what we're currently doing. There's the old exchange bank building downtown Farmington. Um, just to give you an update on where that's at, the signed letter of intent is there, and the purchase agreement is in the hands of the lawyers right now. So the lawyers have to make their money, and then we'll get that signed and set a closing date um, for hopefully you know, a month down the road, and then a renovation pro- project will begin, and then hopefully late summer we'll be doing a grand opening. But this article specifically was talking about us wanting to buy the little open lot right behind the Exchange Bank building because there's... An open vacant lot. It's not huge, but it's a decent size uh, that the city wants to sell. And so we said, well, we're buying the building next to it. Let's try and buy that. So we met with the city economic council and all sorts of fun things a couple of weeks ago. So that is also what we're trying to do. And we'll try to just wrap that into the construction renovation loan that we're going to get. So um, we have been involved in a welcome home campaign. If you've been around homestead, you are familiar with that. We started that in May. And starting in May, the people of Homestead Community Church said, we want to give over and above our regular giving towards a building. And so our goal was to raise $300,000 to be given over the next two years. And because of the awesomeness of our church and the faithfulness of our God, we had in pledge cards or commitments over $560,000 pledged to be given over. That should be a clap moment. That was awesome. We're still, it's still January. We're still waking up. It's dark. It's not even that cold out, but it's dark and it's January. We're just programmed um, to hibernate. So we raised that. So we're going to be able to actually, because of the money that's come in, we're going to be able to buy the building, you know, like pay for it, write a check. That's going to be a cool thing to do. But then the renovation, there's a few things that need to be fixed. So we're going to get a uh, renovation construction loan for that. And then hopefully we'll be able to wrap in the, the purchase price of the open lot because that open lot would be great for just outdoor... You know, patio, outdoor concerts, different, you know, just an outdoor venue that we could have there. And then if we wanted to expand in the future, we'd have that spot. So that is, that's why we were, you know, not top of the fold front page, but bottom of the fold front page of the Farmington Independent. So next is going to be billboards and TV ministry and all that good stuff. Um, I wanted to share a message today. Sorry, I got to get rid of some of this stuff share a message today. If you have a Bible, I'd love to have you turn to John chapter 16, the Gospel of John. If you would like a Bible to follow along, there should be some black hardcover Bibles just on the pews on the inside there, the black hardcover ones. I'd love to have you turn to the Gospel of John chapter 16. That is where we're going to start today. Um, I am excited for 2019. I'm excited for 2019 at this church for a number of reasons. One is what I just talked about, finding a a home for us and renovating that building. And I am excited about what we can do through that tool of ministry, the events that we can have, the ministry that we can have, the life that we can have to bring to the downtown community. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all sorts of other groups and events and ministries that we've been talking about and dreaming about for a while now. And I'm going to let you know a little bit more about those today. But I wanted to... um, mention a few verses from John 16. Well, one from John 16, that's where we're going to start. Because I believe that we need to grow this year. And I think our church is going to grow in number, but that's not what I'm talking about. I think we, as the church, need to grow. I think we always need to grow. Grow in our faith. It is time for us to take another step of growth in our faith. God has things for this church to do. God has things for you to do. And a step of growth is required. God is saying I want to do more with you. I want to I want to move you into this ministry. I want to do this through you. I want to have a greater impact through you, but you have to take a step of growth. You're not quite ready for that yet. And so I want to encourage all of us as his church to be willing to take A step and grow in our faith in 2019. Okay, is anyone with me on that? Are we going to grow? I want to grow in our faith. I want to become more like Christ. I want what he wants for my life, and I want the same thing for you as people of this church. So we're going to start in John chapter 16. Now, this message that I'm speaking today, it kind of started out of my you know morning devotions. I was going through a, a, another devotional, and it had me read John chapter 16, so I just opened to John chapter 16 during my morning devotions a couple weeks ago, and the first verse that I read is the first verse I'm going to read today, John chapter 16, verse 1, and it says this. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible in front of you. This is Jesus talking. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. So that was the first verse I read. All this I have told you, so that you will not fall away. And actually, the Bible I was reading that day was a different translation. And that translation said this, these things I have spoken to you, so that you may be kept from stumbling. It's the first thing I read. Jesus is talking to his followers, and he says, all these things I've told you, are so that you would not stumble, or that you would not fall, or that you wouldn't fall away in your faith. Or the word stumble just kind of jumped out at me. Like, you wouldn't stumble in life. And I thought, that seems like really important information, right? Coming from Jesus the Messiah. This is near the end of his ministry. He's speaking to the disciples. He knows that the time is soon coming where he's going to be arrested and crucified. And he's saying, what I just told you is designed so that you won't stumble. And I thought, man, big. If only there was a way for me to know what Jesus had just said. And I thought, well, I'll just flip back one chapter. You know, it's not like weird, mystical things. It was, well, let's look at what he said in the chapter before that. So, I flipped back one chapter because I wanted to know what did Jesus say to his disciples that that he said to them, I'm telling you this so that you won't stumble. I'm telling you this so that you won't get tripped up in life. And I thought, that's Man, that's got to be one of my New Year's goals for 2019. I just don't want to trip up on anything. I want to know what Jesus taught. So I started reading the chapter before, John chapter 15. And as I was looking ahead to 2019, I was setting some goals and some resolutions, which I tend to do, and I tend to keep some of them and... Um, it's just maybe it's just something that feels good at the end of a year to say, you know, here's what I'm going to do. And some of them are like get in shape. And, you know, if you've, been to the, if you've been to the gym in the last two weeks, you know everyone's got that New Year's resolution and it'll phase out in another 10 days or so. And the parking lot will be empty again as it was before. But I was reading through this and I, a couple things stood out to me as I was looking ahead to the new year thinking, okay, what do I want? God, what do you want for my life? And three things as I read this chapter where Jesus was saying, I'm telling you this so that you won't stumble. It kind of was like in three sections for me that I saw. And the first one was this, our relationship with God. Jesus talks about that in John 15. He talks about our relationships with one another. And then he talks about our relationship to the world. So I want to highlight those three things as we look through some verses in John chapter 15 with this lens that Jesus is saying, these things are so that you won't trip up so that you won't fall away in your faith, so that when difficult times come, you won't stumble and fall. So I want us to, you know, apply these to our heart today, apply these to our lives. John 15, the three main things, our relationship to God, our relationship to each other, and our relationship to the world. So the first one, our relationship to God, verse 4 of John 15 says this, and you maybe have uh, read these before, fairly familiar verses. Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches and says in verse four, "'Remain in me as I also remain in you. "'No branch can bear fruit by itself. "'It must remain in the vine. "'Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in the vine.'" Then he says this, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is teaching us our relationship with him is like a vine and a branch fairly straightforward things. If you're a branch and you want to bear fruit, you want to be alive, you want to be healthy, you have to be connected to the rest of the tree. You have to be connected to the vine. And Jesus is saying our relationship with him is like that. We have to be connected to God, to abide in him, abide in the vine. Now, this sounds often like kind of religious speak. You know, maybe you've heard, you've met a Christian who's just walking around saying, I'm just abiding, I'm abiding in the vine, hallelujah. And you're like, well, what, in the, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to this kind of weird, you know, meditative, oh, I've reached abiding status? No, it's actually very practical, abiding in Christ, abiding in the vine. And so I wanted to give uh, give this illustration to kind of help us understand how practical this is. If you started the new year, maybe with a goal or maybe, let's imagine there's an area of your life that you are weak in. It might be physical. Maybe your goal was to work out and to get in shape or to lose weight or to be able to run a 5K or whatever, you know. One of the things you would do was to find a trainer who is better at that than you, who knows what they're doing, and then learn from them, right? Right? If it is financial, say financially you had some goals and you were not wise financially, you could get a financial advisor, someone who is smart, someone who has wisdom, someone who has been there. And then you spend time with them. You learn from them. You listen to them. Perhaps it's another area where you have wisdom. You need some wisdom on something. You'd find a mentor or a coach. Maybe some of you have a life coach. And the whole part of that, the whole point of that is to spend time with that person, learn from that person. Um, You know, if you've gone through an addiction, you know, if you go through Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the things they will say is find a sponsor, find a sponsor, find someone who's going to be there to encourage you, to help you, to help you grow, to help you get through it. So all of those things, you know, it makes sense to us. How do any of those people have any benefit to us? It's when we spend time with them, right? When we have a connection, when we are in close contact with that person. If you sign up and get a physical trainer and say, I'm going to get in shape in 2019, and then... Nine months goes by before you actually talk to the physical trainer. You know, what what good is that? That's not any good. You have growth in those areas when you have connection with the person, right? Whether that's a physical trainer or a financial advisor or a sponsor or whatever it is. That makes sense to us. This is the same thing with our relationship with God. If we want to abide with God, with Christ, we have to have a connection, we have to spend time. We have to listen and learn. And so maybe you are stumbling currently in your faith. Maybe those words from John 16 where Jesus is saying, I, wanna, I want you to not stumble and trip up in life. And maybe you're sitting here today thinking, that's me. I am stumbling right now. Well, I just wonder if you could look back and realize, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't really had any contact with Jesus. I haven't spent any time with Jesus. I haven't learned from Jesus in quite some time. Maybe that is the source of you stumbling in life. So how do we abide in him? We stay connected. How do we do that? We read the Bible. You, If you've been around church, you're tired of hearing me say this, but we read the Bible throughout the week. We spend time in prayer. We spend time connecting with God. It's probably a little more difficult to imagine than a physical trainer at lifetime because you can actually, you know, go and there's the person there. It's a little bit weirder for some when you think about God. Like how do I talk to God? Well, just start talking to God. Read His Word. And so that is why, you know, at Homestead this year, well winter Palooza I grabbed the wrong thing. We have our Foundations reading plan. So we've talked about this over the last couple weeks. At the back table we have reading plans. It's called Foundations. It is five chapters a week. So you read one chapter a day for five days a week. You can even take two days off. I mean, we are really not you know, over uh, stressing anybody right now. We started it this week. So this past week, if you were joining us, we started with Luke 1, and we led, read Luke 1 through 5. The goal is throughout the year to get through the entire New Testament. It can be done in like 10 minutes a day. And what we want you to do, if you want to have one of the books, there's a spot for you to write down your thoughts on it or to maybe write down something that God might be speaking to you or that uh, you were praying for. But the point is, we want you to take some time every day, even the extra bonus two days. You can still read the Word of God. We'll allow that. But get the Word of God in you. Have some time where you can abide in Christ, where you can be connected to Him. Spend some time praying. Write down what you are thinking about or processing and pray about it. Apply it to your life. There's another verse, um, just a few verses later in John 15, In verse 10, it says this. Jesus says this right after abiding. He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. There is a part of our faith that comes down to knowing what God is saying and obeying it. Jesus is saying this. If you want to abide in me, keep my commands. Know what I'm saying, apply it to your life, and obey it. There is a sacrifice involved in following Jesus. And I think too often we try to make it seem as comfortable as possible. And I love this chapter is one of those times where Jesus is really being straightforward with people who want to be his followers and saying, if you want to follow me, there's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some difficult times that come down the road. But it's worth it. Following Jesus involves sacrifice, but it is the source of everything we need. So I want us in 2019, and Jesus is saying this, if you want to not stumble this year, be connected with him. Read the word. Spend some time in prayer. We're doing this as a church, reading through the New Testament and applying it to our lives. And we're doing this, I'm not just trying to find ways for you to fill up your day, because we can find ways to fill up our day just fine on our own. What I want is us as a church to be a church of people who are abiding in Christ, who are learning to do that more, connected with Christ so that we can grow in our faith, right? That's what I want. I want us to be abiding in Christ. So if you want one of those books, you can pick one up at the welcome table out there. We have books for teenagers and kids as well. The kids are going to be doing it. The youth group's going to be doing this. There is other ways. Actually, if you have a phone, which I think we all probably do, with apps on it, not one of those flip phones, but one where you can download an app, there's a Bible app called the Version, Y-O-U version app. It's a very popular Bible app. And Actually, in that app is a reading plan that's the foundation's reading plan. So you can follow the same thing through your phone if you don't want to buy a book. You can also go online and download the reading plan, or we have printed out some PDFs of the reading plan. If you just want to read the Bible and you have your own journal or something you want to write in, you can do that. But I would love for all of us take a few minutes a day, read the Word of God, abide in Christ, and that is how we are going to grow. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. First the, first the newspaper and now two amens in January. This is awesome. Things are We are on fire. <laughs> now we 're getting out of hand, everybody. <laughs> um, I recognize this that this Sunday mornings coming to church consistently for some it 's tough. I mean, we have people in our church that they say, well, we have kids' sports, and we have stuff every Sunday morning, and it's the Sunday morning thing is tough, and I recognize that. This can't be, if you're serious about your faith, if you're serious about growing, and you want to grow and not trip up in your faith this year, it can't be just a Sunday morning thing. It can't be a Sunday morning thing. I recognize not everyone's going to be able to get here every Sunday morning. And the goal is not, you know, you're not like reaching the goal of, I was at church 50 out of 52 Sundays. Uh, that, that's great, and we appreciate it. That's important. But the goal is not 100% church attendance. And everyone went, oh, what? The goal is to abide in Christ throughout the week. This is not everything that you need. This is going to be great, and we got amens and hallelujahs, but this is not everything that you need. You need to abide in Christ throughout the week. And one thing we're going to do in regards to prayer, we need to grow in prayer. I need to grow in prayer. Our church needs to grow in prayer. Times when we are spending time in prayer. So what we're going to do on our Thursday nights, starting in a couple of weeks when Thursday nights start, we have stuff for the kids, and the kids are going to be making Pinewood Derby cars and racing, and that's going to be awesome. And, and I might need some help. Here's my thing. I race a car in the Pinewood Derby races, and I trash talk for months. But then I have my car be a spectacular failure, right? So it the first year after I trash talked, Halfway down the track, I had the wheels all fall off, which was awesome. And the kids are like, ah, you're the worst. And last year, the car actually broke into three pieces halfway down the track. It was quite an engineering feat. But I have reached the limits of my engineering knowledge. So I need some people to help me, because what I would love to do eventually is have a car that combusts and like bursts into flames halfway down and we will be safe. But that's what I'd love to do. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked with Pinewood Derby cars. Don't tell your kids either, because they still think... You know, it's happening by accident, or maybe they don't. Um, But Thursday nights, while all that's going on, what we're going to do for the adults, because we know that there's people here who want to come to a class or a Bible study, and we've done different classes or Bible studies. But starting in a couple of weeks, for the eight weeks or ten weeks, however long we're doing it, we're just going to have a Thursday night prayer. Now, it's not going to just be prayer. What we're going to do is we're going to meet in here... And I have heard from a number of people in our church that they're like, well, yeah, I'd love to pray for my kids. I've never prayed over my kids. I've never prayed. I don't know how to pray through the scripture. I don't know how to pray the promises of God. And there's a lot of people who are like, I would love to grow in this. I just don't know how to do it. So we are going to learn together about these things. Praying over your kids. How do you pray for your kids? If you're not praying for your kids, who else is going to be praying for your kids more than the parents? learning how to pray through the scriptures, recognize the promises of God. And we're going to do that and we're going to learn together, but then we're going to have time where we can grow in prayer, where we can pray. There's going to be times where we pray for healing. There's going to be times where we can anoint people with oil and other needs that we have. But Thursday nights in this room right here, it's just going to be prayer. We're going to learn how to do it, and then we're going to practice doing it, okay? Because we want to grow in prayer. I want us to grow in prayer. That's what we're going to do on Thursday night. So that was the first one. That was the first point, our relationship with God. We need to abide in the vine. We need to abide with Christ. That's the longest one. The next two are shorter. Amen. Second, how we relate to each other. Let's look in that same chapter, John 15, in verse 12. It says this, my command is this. This is still Jesus talking. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus is telling us very plainly, if you want to get through life with joy, if you want to get through life without tripping up, stumbling, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want faith to be something that has an impact in your life, love one another. Love one another. We must be connected to God, abide in him, and we must be connected to one another. This is not something that we can do on our own. This isn't a Sunday morning only thing, and this isn't a I'm going to stay at home and my faith is just going to be a private thing. This is we do this together, right? We are here to be connected to one another. Our mission as a church, when we were first starting Homestead Church and we were writing out different core values and mission statements, one of the things we said is, and this is foundational, this is like our mission statement, we're a group of people who help each other grow in their faith and meet the needs in our community. We're a group of people who help each other grow in our faith. Now that was intentional wording. I didn't just want it to be, we're a group of people that grow in our faith. I wanted it, we're a group of people that help each other grow in faith. This is not just a, I'm gonna speak truth on Sundays and then that's it. This is a, we're in this together. We help each other. We support one another. We encourage one another. This is what we are as a church. This is foundational to being the church of Jesus Christ. We are not on our own. We do this together. That is how growth is going to take place. It's going to take place when you receive wisdom and care and encouragement from one another. That's going to help you grow. And when you're the one giving encouragement, Giving wisdom, mentoring somebody, that's going to help you grow as well. This is what we do. Some of my favorite moments of the past year at Homestead Church, some of my very favorite moments were moments when homesteaders were, I would hear from other people that someone in our church needed something and someone else came along and helped them. Somebody was having a hard time, and they got connected with somebody else in our church, and there was a connection there made, and growth happened, and life happened. Those are my favorite moments. That is a sign of a growing church. That is a sign of strength in any church. And this idea of being a loving community, I want you to feel that today, and I want you to know you're welcome as a part of our family. No matter what you've done or where you've been, you are a part of our family if you want to be. Some people are like, i I'm, I'm, I got enough crazy family. I'm good, but... <laughs> This is a loving community that so many, will be more, so many will want to be a part of, right? Do you know anybody who kind of is stumbling through life who could benefit from having a community like yourself rally around them, encourage them, support them? Do you know some teenagers in middle school or high school that could use a loving group of teenagers to rally around them and support them? Boy, I do. I know kids in my neighborhood. I can't wait to see them get connected with our kids' ministry. And youth and teenagers and other families, I want to see more of that. And it's going to come when we as a community recognize we are here to love and support one another. This is a sign of a healthy church. This is the foundation of our church. We are a family that loves one another. Amen? We are a family that loves one another. And Jesus is telling his disciples this because this is how they're going to bear fruit. This is how they are going to get through life and not stumble. So, in addition to an awesome reading plan for Bible reading, 2019, we have our small groups, which are way better called Winter (laughs) Palooza, Winter Palooza groups. We have groups, we have ways that you can connect with people. And this is how we're going to walk this out. We're going to get in groups. It's really hard to connect sometimes sitting in rows in uncomfortable pews in a church on Sunday morning, right? If the only time of connection you have is the 30 seconds where you turn around and shake hands and smile, that's not it. That's not going to do it. We need to have ways that we connect, that we grow together. We have groups starting up soon, and there's lots of information out on the welcome table. You can go on our church website. There's ways for you to sign up for groups if you want to be a part of them. There are some that are meeting in homes to discuss the reading plan that we're doing. They're going to meet every other week and just talk about what we're reading through the New Testament. We have other groups for men, for women. We have groups for couples, families with kids, families without kids. Guys, there's men's groups, and some of you are like, man, I do not want to be, you know, some something about guys, we kind of like to just hide out on our own, or we don't want to get in a group with other guys. We have a group that meets for coffee at Blue Nose every other Friday morning. There's nothing spiritual that happens. There's no Bible and prayer. We just hang out and get to know one another, okay? There's other things that are happening. We have an ice fishing day for the guys to bring your kids. It's coming up, so there's information on that. Yes, yes. And we even have an alternate day if the weather is really, really cold that day. So there's ways for you to connect. I don't want anybody to feel like they got to do this on their own. Because that's how we have people stumble. That's how we have people fall away. I want us to connect. I want us to take the words of Jesus to heart. Do this with each other. Love one another. Connect with one another. This is not, you're probably thinking, man, that's a lot of stuff. I got Thursday night prayer, I got Sunday morning church, I got a small... We're not trying to fill up your calendar, okay? You don't have to do all these things. But maybe there's one thing. One thing that you could say, you know what would be good for my spiritual growth? You know what then would it be good in turn for my family and my career and all the things because God wants to cause me to grow? Would be to get in a group would be to spend some time reading. would be to come on Thursday nights and just have some time to pray. Whatever it is, I'm just saying there's a lot of ways for you to connect, and we would love to have you do this. This is to help you grow this year because we need to grow. We need to grow in our faith. Finally, we talked about how we relate to God. We talked about how we relate to other people, to one another. And the third thing that Jesus teaches in John 15 is how we relate to the world. This is going to sound weird at first, but I'm going to get to a point here. John, uh, John 15, verse 18, it says this, "...if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and this is why the world hates you. I'm going to stop there and like, thanks, Jesus, that's a real pick-me-up right now. That's what I needed to feel good about my life. Well, this gets misinterpreted by many to say this, well, we're Christians, and we got to rally together because it's us against them. The world is against us, and they're trying to take away our freedoms, and we got to fight back. And It gets misinterpreted that Jesus is saying, get ready for a fight because it's you against the world. That's not what Jesus is teaching. Nor is Jesus teaching this. It also gets uh, misinterpreted to say, well, we're Christians, and we're out of the world, so we have to withdraw from the world in every way possible, right? So I can only listen to Christian music and watch Christian television and have Christian friends, you know, and go to Christian restaurants, like Chick-fil-A, I guess, would be the one. You have Christian music and movies and friends and Christian cereal and all the things. You didn't know there was Christian cereal, did you? There is. It's called Loaves and Fishes. It's it's only available at Lifeway stores. and when You, you only pour a few in, and when you pour the milk on it, it expands, which would, be, which would be awesome. I don't think that's a thing, but it should be, right? It should be. We could sell a ton of that to the Christians, couldn't we? This is not what Jesus is teaching. Jesus is not saying, get ready for a fight, withdraw, we've got to battle against the world. That's not what he's teaching. Jesus is consistent throughout the New Testament. We are to be in the world, we are to be light, we are to love those in the world. We're not to be adversarial. It's not about winning a shouting match with the world as people of faith because nobody ever wins the shouting match, right? What Jesus is teaching is this we're not part of the world anymore. We've been called out of the world, so stop being so in love with the world. That's what Jesus is saying. Just don't be so in love with the world. If your desire is the things of the world or to be in the world or accepted by the world, that's a wrong motive, and that doesn't work with a life that is surrendered to Christ, right? A love for the world and a love for Christ are not two things that can coexist. you got to choose one or the other faith gets derailed. You're going to start stumbling through your faith and through life if you have a love for the world. You can't love both. There's going to be times where we say no to something in the world out of a desire to honor God. And again, it's that sacrifice that's involved. That's part of our faith. Some of you, the biggest step you can take this year is to realize that you're not of the world anymore. You've been called out of the world that Jesus called you out, stop loving it so much. Stop loving the things of the world, acceptance and approval and all, all the things that the world chases after. We find those things in Christ. Stop loving the world so much. Faith is never about seeing how much worldliness we can get away with. That's the wrong motive. We're to be light, we're to be in the world, but we have been called out. Faith is wholeheartedly living for Jesus. And as I've said, our faith will never fit into a love For the world. And this is what Jesus is teaching us in John 15. There's going to come a time where people of the world don't like your faith. There's going to be times when you face opposition. We don't face a lot of persecution in this nation. There's Christians around the world facing immeasurable persecution for their faith. But there's going to be times when people don't like what your faith stands up for or what it means. There's going to be times where family members or friends say, I don't like that part of your faith. We've been called out of the world. There's going to be a time when the world doesn't like your faith. This might happen to you as an individual or as a family. This is probably going to happen to us as a church at some point. It was interesting, this article in our big big breakthrough uh, below the fold, this story, when it was posted online on the, on the newspaper Facebook page, I was reading and I... I kind of figured this would happen. There was a few comments that didn't like the idea of a church going into that building, which is fairly natural. There were some people who were like, well, why is the city, you know, letting a church buy that building? They were thinking just tax dollars because as a nonprofit, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then other people were just against having a church in the downtown area or, you know. And so I, re- I recognized my, you know, our reaction could be that, oh, we're, we're against the world and we've got to fight back. Well, I thought, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to fight. I understand why people think that. Some people think dollars and cents, and they're like, what kind of life is going to be brought to the downtown community through a church? You know what? I can't wait to show them, right? I can't wait to show them what a life community of people coming into the downtown area is going to mean. And some people, I'm just going to let you know, and you've probably experienced this, some people are just opposed to the Christian faith just because. Just because some people have very good reason because they have been treated poorly by a church in the past and they think all the churches are that way. They've got very good reason for the walls that have been built up. If you and I had experienced what they had experienced, we might be feeling the same thing. So my response is never, well, we gotta prove, we got to you know, fight back. My response is always, I can't wait to, to win them over, right? I can't wait to win them over. I think of the people who maybe will be opposed to us being in that building, I think of people who may be opposed to your faith. Maybe you're at a high school, you're off to college, and you're now in college experiencing, wow, my faith certainly does not mix with the culture that I am a part of now. There's going to be people opposed to that. But here's my thought, and this is what I want our, our approach to always be. I just can't wait to win them over. I can't wait to win him over. If there's a guy who's opposed to a church, um, there's going to come a day where maybe something falls apart in his life, and I can't wait for... Someone of our church to be living on their street saying, you know what, I heard you're going through a hard time. I want to help you. I want to support you. Someone who's battling a sickness or something in their family and someone from our church organizes meals to be brought to them. I can't wait for that to be the thing to be like, oh, I didn't know that churches were like that. You know, I can't wait to win them over. I can't wait for them to experience the life that comes to a downtown area when we have life-giving events and we're throwing parties and we are a light in the center of our town. I can't wait for that. There's going to come a time where these families that are maybe opposed to your faith, maybe they have a teenager or a kid that's struggling, struggling with an addiction or anxiety or depression, and there's going to be a moment where... Someone from our youth group or a family in their street says, hey, they could come to our youth group. And, and they're going to have, that teenager's going to have light brought into their life because they hear about Jesus. Because they're surrounded by a great group of teenagers and youth leaders. And their life is going to be changed. And as a result, they're going to go home and their parents are going to be like, whoa, that's a huge difference. Right? And that is going to be how we win them over. We're not going to get into, into a shouting match. We are going to be light. We are going to love our community, and that's how we're going to win them over. Man, we even have someone clapping, a very kind of Minnesotan kind of half-heart, <laughs> trying to put in the feelers out there like, is anyone else going to come? No, I'm not trying to. <laughs> now it sounds like I'm pandering. Now I'm just getting greedy. I can't wait. I can't wait for those things. But that is why we need to grow, Right? That is why all the things that God has for us to do, all the people in our community that he has for us to impact, all the teenagers at the high schools and middle schools that need to know about Jesus, this is why we, from the youngest to the oldest, need to grow this year. Why we need to spend time in the word and becoming more like Christ. Why we need to learn how to pray. Prayer is going to be foundational for all the things that God wants to do in this place and through this community of people. Prayer has to be foundational. We have to grow and be involved in groups all of these things this is why we're doing this as a church not to fill up your calendar or to make you feel guilty for not reading your Bible what we want is for our community to grow this church community to grow and the only way that God is going to have us be ready for the things that he wants to do is if we all grow that's why we're doing it that's why we're doing it so I want to encourage us all make one of your goals this year to just grow in your faith to do one or two of these things Join us in reading through the New Testament. This is foundational to what God wants to do in your life. And not just because God wants to do great things in this church and through this church, and I believe we're going to see wonderful things this year. But because I don't want anybody to stumble this year. I don't want anybody to fall away this year. You know, this group of people that's here and all the people who are part of our church that couldn't be here today. You know, as the pastor of this church, the last thing I want is for us to get a building and do all these great things, but to lose people along the way, to have people who fell away in their faith or to, who stumbled over something or who were kind of on an island in their faith and fell away. And I want that not to happen, right? I want that not to happen. I want us to help each other not stumble. If some, some of you are here and maybe you're thinking, yeah, last year I tripped up, I messed up. We've had a, you know, a couple families in our church that went through some stuff last year where they stumbled, they kind of their faith got derailed a little bit. I don't want that to happen this year. I want you to know if that's you and you maybe you're stumbling right now or you feel far from God, you're welcome here. God is always calling you to get back up, keep moving forward, keep growing. That's what I want to encourage you with. Get you were welcome in this family. We love you and we want to support you. We want to help. All of us want to help each other grow. That's not going to change if you trip or stumble. But God's calling you to move forward. His mercy is there for you. Move forward. Keep growing. Abide in him. Grow in your faith. See your life bear fruit like a branch that's connected to the vine. I want our kids to grow in their faith. I want our kids to have a foundation of faith so that when they do go to high school, when they do go to college, there's something there anchoring their life that they have as a foundation. I don't want us to get some college freshmen and sophomores and we realize, oh man, we didn't pour into them. I, as parents, I want you to have that in the frame of your mind. Of, My kids are leaving someday. I want them to have a foundation of faith. This is why we're doing the youth events and the, kids, and the kids' events and the kids' ministry. This is why we're having our kids and teenagers read through the Bible as well. None of these things just happen. They involve investment and sacrifice. We have to work at it, and we want to grow. And that's what I want us to do as a community of people. Amen? Amen. Jesus, we thank you for the words that you spoke We thank you that you came to earth and you taught your people how to grow in faith. You taught us what's important. So, Lord, we want to look into your word and not just read it, but we want to apply it to our lives because we want to grow this year. We want to be more like you this year. Areas of our life that have been hindrances or weaknesses or addictions or temptations, patterns of sin, we want to grow. We want to get past those. We want to break those chains. And, Lord, I know that you want to do that in every heart that's here. So, Lord, I'm praying for those who are hurting right now that you would speak hope and life and mercy and strength and faith into every circumstance. Maybe people who have just messed up over the last year. Lord, lift their eyes to you. Give them faith and hope and mercy to to get up, to grow, to move forward. And for all of us, whatever level we're at in our relationship with you, wherever we're at in our love for you or our level of faith, I just pray that we would all help each other grow. We want to grow in our faith. We want to be more like you. And we know that because of that, you're going to cause growth in us and through us that we'll be able to go and reach our community. We'll be able to go reach those who are hurting. So we wanted to see that happen this year. We thank you that you're going to do that work. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you, Homestead Church.